listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 126. This week, the special guest on the program is none other than wrestling agent extraordinaire, Chaz Moretti. And he returns to the show this time to talk about the Midwest Wrestling Reunion, which will be Sunday afternoon, July the 17th at Barbecued Productions up in Lake Zurich. A very exciting event honoring the great men and women of Midwest professional wrestling. And I will be there covering it. And Chaz will give us the lowdown on the entire event the award winners, how you can be a part of the event as well. So stay tuned for that interview. And also, we're going to talk about a terrific Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Unbelievable show. And speaking of another great show, Freelance Underground's Blaze of Glory this past Saturday night in Joliet. I was there in person to cover that show. Heavy-hitting main event with Calvin Tankman and Shane Mercer and a lot of other good stuff as well. And we'll talk about it all right after the break, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. A lot to get to before we get to our guest, Chaz Moretti who will be talking Midwest Wrestling Reunion in just a few minutes. But first, WWE Money in the Bank, MGM Garden Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, this past Saturday night. And this was a great show by WWE. It was an awesome show. And I know a lot of people have been crapping on WWE. I've had my opinions about how up and down they've been as well. But they really had a home run with Money in the Bank. And let's get to it from the start to finish of this terrific card and we had a couple of huge surprises on the night and here we go women's money in the bank ladder match the star of this match and the winner of this match Liv Morgan some incredible spots that she had in the match she this looks terrific she ends up winning the match grabbing the briefcase defeating Lacey Evans Alexa Bliss Raquel Rodriguez Asuka, Shotzi, and the very upset big-time Bex, Becky Lynch. And 
This would not be the last time we see Liv Morgan on this night. Moving on to the WWE United States Championship, Bobby Lashley thrashes Theory to become the new champion, and he makes him submit with the Hurt Lock. And I'm watching the pay-per-view at this point after I got home from Freelance Underground, and I'm sitting there, and I haven't seen any spoilers, except for maybe one, but I haven't seen any spoilers about any of the men's matches at this point. And I'm sitting there thinking, Theory is Vince's boy. Wouldn't it be something if he somehow got into the men's money in the bank ladder match, whether he, he takes somebody out or he replaces somebody or they just add him in as an eighth man in that match. So stay tuned for that. Then the Raw Women's Championship. This was probably the worst match of the night, but it wasn't that bad. Bianca Belair retains by pinning Carmella after hitting the KOD. This match, one of the best tag team matches we've seen in WWE in a very long time. The WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship. The Usos, Jay and Jimmy. The champs, they retain over the Street Profits of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford after the Usos hit the 1D. And like I said, one of the best tag matches in WWE in a long time. And I think that had something to do with the very red-hot crowd in Las Vegas, but also all four of these guys had their working boots on tonight, and they just killed it out there. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey retains over Natalia, and we hear the music of Liv Morgan, who we thought, okay, she's on Raw, and she's going to go after the Raw Women's Championship at some point, and she's going to milk it and all that. Liv runs out with the case, cashes in on Ronda, and actually defeats Ronda Rousey to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. An unbelievable turn of events. And Liv Morgan is now a superstar for real. She's had quite the 2022. She started out with that terrific run against Becky Lynch in a losing effort. Kind of built it back up. She had the little tag team with Rhea Ripley. That went south and now she's back. She won the Money in the Bank briefcase, and now she's a world champion in WWE. And it's amazing to me because, number one, I thought they rushed her through NXT and they brought her up too soon. And she was a distant, in my mind, a distant number three in the Riot Squad behind Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan. To see what Liv Morgan has done in the last few years is quite amazing. And congratulations to Liv Morgan. Main event, men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And sure enough, Vince's boy gets into the match. Adam Pierce comes out, puts him in, and Theory wins money in the bank, defeating Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omas, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and Mad Cat Moss. So now Theory has the briefcase. And while I may or may not be Theory's biggest fan, I think it's great for him to have the case. He's just that smarmy type of guy. I think they could do a lot of different teases with it, whether Roman comes out of SummerSlam or Brock comes out of SummerSlam. And it's a nice piece for the selfies too. So Austin Theory, or I'm sorry, Theory, your Money in the Bank winner. Switching to local professional wrestling, freelance wrestling this past Thursday night, Press start to continue at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. 
Six-Way Scramble, Angel Escalera defeats Matt Nix, Xavier Sky, Guerrero de Brezenas, Sean Galway, and Aaron Payne when Escalera pins Galway after a moonsault. The veteran Isaias Velasquez pins Ezio Lalande after a Hammer of Dawn piledriver. Project Monix pins Xavier Walker after Project Plunge and Final Phase DDT. Freelance Tag Team Championships, the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, retain over their rival, Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell and Coda Hernandez, after a double 450 and a double pin. Team Alfonso pulls one out. Alfonso Gonzalez pins Dan the Dead with a simple little leg sweep and then a leverage pin with his feet on the ropes. The GCW Tag Team Champions, known as Bussy, that's Daddy, Effie, and Alley Catch. They defeat the Red Hot Team and the two members of the Chicago professional wrestling scene that are near the top of their class, GPA and Laney, as Alley Catch pins Laney after a pile driver. Freelance World Championship, and this was quite the match. Storm Grayson retains, pinning the Beast, Jake Something, after a knee trigger. Great match. And again, Storm just showed so much great action in there going up against the bigger man. And he never backed down. And he, again, he just looks terrific. I can't stop saying good things about Storm Grayson. After the match, Frank the Clown, and that's Robert Eagle Anthony's manager, comes out to try to jump Storm Grayson. And that was a mistake. Storm grabs him. He says he's sick of Frank's shit. He's going to give Robert Eagle Anthony his rematch on August 5th at Logan Square Auditorium for the next freelance show. And Storm is bringing a potential family member of Frank's to the show. Potential future father-in-law, Mick Foley, will be the special guest referee for Storm Grayson against Robert Eagle Anthony on August 5th on the next freelance show at Logan Square Auditorium. Thursday night, June the 30th, Ego Pro Wrestling following the Windy City Thunderbolts baseball game at Ozinga Field in Crestwood, Illinois. You can catch this full show right now on Pro Wrestling Shoots YouTube page. And we had Joe Alonzo defeating Jared Lark. For the White Castle Bold Move Championship, Chico Suave retains that title, defeating the sorta incredible Iverson. And in the main event, Yabo the Clown gets the pin on Ryan Matthews. And now the show that I covered this past Saturday night, Freelance Underground's Blaze of Glory, Cantini VFW in Joliet. Action-packed show from start to finish. Pre-show match, Ezio Orlandi pins Sean Galway, and then we get into the main card, where in a non-title match, Freelance Underground Independent Champion Storm Grayson who also brought along his Freelance World Championship belt. He's a belt collector now, and he pins GPA after the knee trigger. Mojo McQueen made his first appearance in Freelance Underground in quite a while. He pins Alfonso Gonzalez, and poor Alfonso just could not overcome the voodoo magic of Mojo McQueen. Billy Starks pins newcomer to Freelance Underground, Catalina Perez, after a tombstone piledriver. Freelance Underground Tag Team Championships, and this was a red-hot match. I mean, the action was spilling all over the place, and I got my steps in just running around ringside with the camera, 
taking the pictures because these guys were all over the inside the ring, all over outside the ring, running around the ring. And I thought for sure I was going to get hit again, but <laughs> you know, I guess, um, I guess the wheels are still working for this 47 year old guy. And, uh, in this match, the brothers of Funstruction, Ruffle and Yabo, with Frank the Clown at their side, they defeat Pick and Pop and the team of Mason Conrad and Joey Marks when the brothers of Funstruction double-team Marks as Yabo hit the stomp from the top rope and pinned Marks for the three count. And also, leading up to the end of that match, the brothers of Funstruction actually hogtied Darius and Coda pick and pop to the ropes so they could not break up the pin or get back in the ring to try to win the match. So I have a feeling that pick and pop may get another shot at the Brothers of Funstruction very, very soon. Maybe a one-on-one -on -one match or one team versus one team match very soon. Moving on, we had Project Monix with James Russo in his corner, pinning Davey Bang after the Project Plunge. After Russo kind of distracted Davey Bang just a little bit, and Monix took full advantage, pinning Davey Bang. Project Monix stays red hot in Freelance Underground. Triple threat match. Joe Alonzo returns to the promotion for the first time in a few years. And he wins the triple threat. He defeats August Matthews and Gunner Brave when Alonzo pins Matthews while using the ropes for leverage. Laney pins Freelance Underground newcomer Sandra Moon with a roll-up and grabbing her tights. And then in the main event, this was the one I was waiting for, with last week's guest, Iron Demon Shane Mercer, challenging the freelance underground champion, heavyweight hustle, Calvin Tankman. It was a super physical encounter. It was worth all the hype, but Calvin Tankman pulls this out with the Tankman driver. The two show a sign of respect, and as Mercer leaves the ring, Joe Alonzo comes out and Alonzo wants his shot at the freelance underground championship. And that match was made for October the 22nd when freelance underground returns to Joliet. And that ought to be really, really interesting. They had a little promo back and forth, a little colorful and salty language coming from Calvin referring to Joe Alonzo's friendships with said Sammy Guevara. And, you know, we got a little bit of a, a heater going into that match. And also, I, I failed to mention after the Monix versus Bang match where Monix won, Monix attacked Bang again after the match until Monix's former best buddy, Chico Suave, came out and Suave challenged Monix to a match at Freelance Underground show next month at Thornton Distilling. So Underground really kind of booking a lot of good stuff for the next few months. Really exciting to see. Great job from James and Caleb. Awesome show. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. And stay tuned to WindyCitySlam.com for a complete recap and photo gallery from that show. Coming up this week, real quick, we'll run down a couple of the shows. Women's Wrestling Army with Maria Canellis's crew. They're coming to town. Begin Anywhere tapings. And those are Friday night, July the 8th and Saturday night, July the 9th at Logan Square Auditorium on the north side of the city. Plus, if you go up into the Milwaukee area, just north of Milwaukee, GLCW has a pair of shows this weekend, including one where it's GLCW versus OVW. 
They're in Grafton, Wisconsin on Friday night, and they're in Ashapin, Wisconsin on Saturday, July the 9th. We also have Fourth Wall Wrestling on Friday, July the 8th in Milwaukee at the Buena Vista Banquets. PWX Road to Fame and Glory at the Berwyn Eagles Club on Saturday night, July the 9th. And also, we have Northland Pro Wrestling and Justice for None, and that's Saturday night, July the 9th at the VFW Hall in Woodstock. Cody James defends his Northland Championship against the ice pick, Vic Capri. That should be really, really good. Also, Saturday night, July the 9th, Premier Pro Wrestling has Intemperance up in Woodstock as well. And then Sunday, July the 10th, if you want to meet a former WWE superstar, it's the Lakeshore Chinooks baseball game in Mequon, Wisconsin. That's maybe 15 to 20 minutes north of Milwaukee. Adam Scherer, formerly known as Braun Strowman, will be doing meet and greets at that baseball game. All right, coming up in Mirror Moments, we're going to talk about the Midwest Wrestling Reunion with wrestling agent extraordinaire and head of the Moretti Agency, Chaz Moretti. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, welcome back to Windy City Slam podcast this week. And returning to the show, we have a return guest this week, second appearance here on Windy City Slam, wrestling agent extraordinaire and head of the Chaz Moretti Agency and part of the board for the Midwest Wrestling Reunion, which was what we're going to talk about today with him. Chaz Moretti. Chaz, how you doing, sir? Oh, Mike, thanks for having me back on. I'm doing great. And uh, how are you? And how's everybody in your part of the world? Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Life's going all right. Um, you know, life's busy, you know, it takes us a lot of different places, but we're surviving. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. You can't, can't ask for better, for better weather because I'm not a snow person. So any day without snow is a good day to me. <laughs> you know, even when it was 112 degrees, I, I said, okay, it's hot, but anything's better than snow. Yeah. It's not snow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Midwest wrestling reunion. This is really what we want to get into today. And I'm really looking forward to being able to attend my first ever Midwest wrestling reunion to cover the event and to, to highlight all the great accomplishments by these men and women around the Midwest on the independent scene. So the event is Sunday, July the 17th at barbecue productions in Lake Zurich from noon to 3 PM. Now, Chaz, Go ahead and tell me a little bit about the event and how people could attend and get involved in it. You know, the, the reunion hatched um, out of an idea that I had when we were at the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion in Las Vegas. You know, everybody had said, oh, the reunion, you know, the, the Alley Club reunion is great. We'd love to come, but getting out to Vegas might be a little difficult. Maybe one day we'll come out there. And Joe Moriello and I were, were sitting around in the memorabilia room talking you know, talking about wrestling and whatnot. And uh, we, I said, you know, we should do a smaller reunion back home for the guys that, and the girls that can't make it back. They can't make it to the reunion out here. You know, it's something for us to give back. And so 
Uh, we decided it was a good idea, and Joe brought in Carmine Despirito, and that uh, Carmine rounded out the, the board of directors. So we were the de facto board, and we had our first reunion in 2018, and it was a, it was a success. You know, We had about 65 people show up, and the first two reunions we held, we were held at Moretti's in Rosemont, and that was not by design. They just, they offered us a great deal. And, uh, you know, we gave out, a, we gave out, God, the first two years, we gave out like five awards. We just gave out basic awards, male wrestler, female wrestler, manager, official, and announcer. And then we, we started to expand a little bit, you know, 18 and 19, we ran 20, obviously we got shut down because of COVID and the pandemic. And then in last year, we, uh, we covered both 2020 and 2021, and now we're back at it in 2022. We usually hold it in the fall, but with so much going on in September and October and whatnot, we decided that we were going to hold it when we knew the weather would be good. So we're going to hold it in uh, on July 17th, and just looking at the advanced weather reports, it's supposed to be in the low 80s with low humidity, which is nice because then we can, we can utilize barbecue productions um, we can utilize their outdoor seating area as well as the indoor. And so if people want to sit outside, they can sit outside. You know, Joe, Karma, and I, we, we don't make any money off the reunion. We make nothing. The reason is it's our, it's our opportunity to give back to this great sport that we love, to give back to those of us that are unable to attend, you know, the big reunion in Vegas, and, and to recognize our peers in the Midwest wrestling scene for what they do. And, you know, uh, people get heated over the awards. So it's hilarious because they're like, I didn't get an award. I didn't, I'm like, okay, take it easy. We got, we had a lot of years of running the, we're going to run this reunion. We'll get to everybody. But to me, that just shows that people are passionate. They're passionate about wrestling on the independent scene. They're passionate about the Midwest in terms of the rich tradition that we have in professional wrestling. And, you know, they're passionate about wanting to celebrate and be recognized along with their peers. And to me, that's, it's a good feeling. You know, Chaz Moretti uh, is normally not a, a, a good feeling, touchy feely kind of guy, but this is my opportunity to give back. This is my opportunity to, um, to show people and to show, you know, show my peers that, yeah, what they're doing isn't being, isn't going unnoticed. And that, and that sort of thing. So we're very proud of the reunion. And uh, we're proud of the fact that this is going to be our, well, it's going to be our fourth reunion. And we're going to talk, you know, out of five years. And we're going to make this one uh, really special. And the nice part about it is the first two years, we left it strictly for the boys and girls from the business. And the fans got all upset. How come we're not allowed? I, yeah. We basically said, well, we're running the tradition of the old cauliflower club, which was, Closed door, not a fan fest and whatnot. And then last year we decided, oh, what the heck? Let's let's open it up to everybody. So fans were invited last year, and a few fans took advantage of it. And again, we invited fans to join us again this year. And one of the changes is that we're not selling tickets. There's no buffet. If you want food at Barbecue Productions, which their food is phenomenal, order it off the menu. If you want a drink, go to the bar and get it. So you can spend as much or as little as you want in order to take part in our reunion. It's That's not really, about the money. That is really, really cool what you and 
Joe and Carmine are doing for the wrestling community in the Midwest. And it sounds like a really fun event. And I'm really looking forward to attending for the very first time. So now let's go into the award winners for 2022. And it's quite the list. Male wrestler of the year is your current Berwyn championship wrestling champion, Joe Alonzo. The kid deserves everything he has coming to him. I mean, he works his rear end off promos, getting his name out there, sometimes getting his name out there while he gets himself in trouble. <laughs> you know, case in point, the little AEW fan, uh, fan, uh, uh, what was it? The little panel that he crashed. I thought that was awesome. I would have been there. If I had known he was doing it, I'd been right there next to him, supporting every move. But Joey's worked his butt off, and he deserves to be recognized as the male wrestler of the year. And, and by that same token, the female wrestler of the year, Heather Reckless, doesn't get enough credit. Yes. I mean, she's in a, a very strong class of female wrestlers right now. And God bless these girls. They're all getting called up to AEW. They're getting called up to the NWA. A uh, few of them got called up to Raw to work uh, to work as talent in Raw. And, and God bless. I, I'm glad that they're getting their shot. But, you know, just to let um, everybody know, it's not always the ones that you're focusing on that are out there doing their job. And we wanted to give Heather Reckless the recognition that she deserves because um, she's very much old school, you know, goes about her business, does her stuff and doesn't do a lot of uh, a lot of braggadocious nonsense that that she doesn't need to do that sort of thing. I really like what she brings to the table. I've seen her wrestle several times in person and she's an incredible talent. She's all of what four foot 11, but she's an amazing, amazing wrestler. She's a CSW women's champion. She's the number one contender to the AAW pro championship for the women. And then she's also a black and brave graduate. So we know she's very well-trained. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. You know, I, I saw, um, I saw young Mr. Rollins at uh, Hell in a Cell. I saw him backstage, and I let him know that Heather was getting the award. And uh, he may not be able to make it due to his schedule constraints, but uh, you know he was very happy that his student was being recognized uh, for what she does in the Midwest. And you know, and part of what we do is we don't want to focus only on Illinois or Wisconsin wrestlers or Indiana. We try to spread it out to Michigan, to Minnesota, to Iowa, Kansas. You know, anywhere within anywhere that you see that map on our shirt is considered to be the Midwest territory as far as we're concerned. Mm -hmm. And so we like to try to recognize a fair smattering of people from all over the region. And then let's go on to your tag team of the year. And this is very well deserving for these guys. The Brothers of Funstruction, Ruffo and Yabo the Clown. And obviously a lot of people know Ruffo as also as Rough Crossing, a terrific talent. Yabo is a lot of fun as well and a great wrestling family as well. And they are the freelance underground tag team champions at this current moment. Here, what, what can I say about this team that hasn't already been said? I mean, these guys have been around God going on almost 20 years. I mean, the brothers of front instruction, over the, over the, the most recent time. But prior to that, I mean, you had rough crossing and Thunderfoot and anybody that saw them wrestle as, as youngsters starting out knew there was something special there, but they really caught magic with the brothers of construction. And they were a lot of fun to watch and um, how Yabo does the spoiler walk on the top rope wearing clown shoes will still miss, will mystify me forever. You know, and then joining along with them, we, we honor their father as well. 
I mean, you think of ring announcer for wrestling in the Midwest. And if you don't think if the, the picture and the name, Mr. Riccolo doesn't pop up, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, Riccolo is ring announcing when it comes to professional wrestling in the Midwest, no two ways about it. So we're happy to announce that Mr. Riccolo is going to be the announcer of the year. So we kind of took care of the whole family all yep. at once. I love Mr. Riccolo. Uh, he was one of the first guys I got to see on the independence several years ago when I started following closely. He used to do stuff for Blitz. He does stuff for all heel wrestling. He's at Berwyn Championship Wrestling. He's, he does stuff for Pow Entertainment. And he, a terrific guy, too. And, and just oh, Riccolo, can- helped me. Riccolo helped me along tremendously when I first started out at Pow. Yeah. I was a Pow trainee. Jimmy Blaze was my trainer, along with Crossing, along with Marco Cordova along with Scotty Spade. Those were my trainers. You know, I learned a lot as I moved on from Steve Boz and Armando Estrada and everybody else that I've attended seminars with, you know, you're never really, you never fully stop training in this business. If you do, then you're going to be on your way out soon. Cause you're, you'll stop learning. You'll stop growing. But you know, the, these guys here, it's just, uh, Riccolo and I were, we were the, uh, the broadcast partners on Powell inside the ropes back in 2011, 2012, and so forth. You got to go back on YouTube and watch some of these episodes. You'll crack up. And the funny part about it is we filmed all the episodes in Riccolo's basement. So we had the, we had the pulse, we had the pulse sign in the back and we were talking to a washer and dryer, which, you know, <laughs> Hey, whatever works, right? I've done some uh, YouTube stuff with my washer and dryer nearby too. So, you know, I, I understand the, so did Heyman. The struggle. <laughs> if you listen closely to the ECW voiceovers and the ECW promos, they were shot in his mom's basement while she was washing clothes. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with talking to the washer and dryer. I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> and again, to go back to Riccolo for just a second, the way he carries himself, he's just such a professional. The way he dresses the part, he comes out with the little uh, confetti cannons and gets the crowd into it. And his jackets are so immaculate. Just, just perfect for a ring announcer. He's a showman. He's a showman. He's, you know, he puts it all together as far as I'm concerned. He's combination showman, hype man, ring announcer, public address guy, MC. I mean, he doesn't do just one or the other. He puts that whole thing together and it's seamless. But what makes Riccolo unique is that I don't really think anybody else could pull it off like he does. You know, there are great ring announcers out there. Case in point, Joe Rossi is a great ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Joe Rossi's not Riccolo, and he'll tell you that. That's not his style. I had the, the good fortune of ring announcing while Joe was sick for last month's um, Rosemont Rumble for Hits Boxing. And my style was more of the traditional uh, Michael Buffer-esque ring announcer. I couldn't go off and, and pull off walking out to theme music like Riccolo does and shooting off the confetti cannon. That's, that's not me. That's what makes Riccolo unique. Yeah. All the good ring announcers around this area have their own little style or shtick or whatever. Kirby Alexander's another one. Val Capone, yep. Alex Storm is a young up and comer. We have a lot of really, really good talents in terms of ring announcing it. And Riccolo is at the top of the heap, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, don't let anybody fool you. People say, oh, he's just the ring announcer, or he's just the man. We'll get to this in a second. He's just the manager. And I will always shoot back to him. Can you do it? What? Can you do it? Can you get in front of people without getting tongue-tied and starstruck? Yep. 
Well, I, uh, yeah, okay, great. When you can, come back and talk to me. Until then, keep your asinine comments to yourself. Yep. All, everybody's part of the show. Everybody. You know, even the, the everybody has guys a in the contribution bed. to the overall product. Yep. Young. No one person is any more important than the other in terms of the production and in terms of the people that are unsung that are behind the scenes. Yep. That's, you know, it's a subject that I get kind of not heated about, but passionate about because there's more to it than just than just watching the moves. There's a whole production involved. Yeah. The young boys and girls that put the ring together and tear it apart. You got the cameramen filming it for like YouTube or for the online streaming services. Now announcers, you got the, the guys promoting the show. You got the guys helping the book, the show and plan it out. I mean, I, I was to a CSW show and I've been to freelance underground shows like where I, I was allowed in early and I actually got to see them kind of like, yeah, you get like eight minutes, 10 minutes. I get to see some of the magic that's kind of kept you know, under wraps most of the time. And all you these know, people, and, and as it, Mike, as it should be. I mean, Bobby Heenan once said, if the magician gives away the secret to the magic trick, why would you go to the show? Yeah. So, I mean, as it should be, it should, there are things that the fans should never see. It should stay behind the curtain. I'm a firm believer of that, but let's acknowledge the fact that everybody's important. Yep. Absolutely. So, again, Riccolo is well-deserving of ring announcer. We're all deserving of the announcer of the year. Absolutely. All right. Let's now switch over to manager of the year. And it's the mouth of the Midwest, JP. You know, it was funny when we were talking about who should have been the manager of the year. It was my nomination to bring JP up. JP and I have a long history together. We uh, spent a lot of years not liking each other. I went up there and invaded BCW, God, about seven, eight years ago now. And JP, JP got heated with me and I got heated with him and we battled it out all over Milwaukee and Waukesha and West Dallas. But there's no denying the fact that the guy is good at what he does. Okay. He great on the mic, not afraid to get involved in a match, not afraid to actually wrestle a match, not afraid to put an ass every 18 inches to be, to be blunt about it. He helps to draw and he enhances his talent. And he gets the crowd going, and that's what a manager is supposed to do. Absolutely. So, you know, it was a unanimous vote by myself, Carmine, and Joe that the, the mouth of the Midwest should be the manager of the year for this year. Good and, choice. Uh, yep. he's, he's receiving his award on the 17th at the reunion, but I'm also going up to BCW on the 16th, and I'm going to present him with his award in the ring at their show on the 16th because, you know what? His fans, he deserves to have his fans acknowledge what he does. And so I'm going to, he'll get two presentations. He'll get the presentation in the ring, and then he'll come to the reunion the next day and actually pick up his award amongst his peers. Very cool. And now we have the officials of the year, the twin brothers, Justin and Robert King. And Justin had some time in WWE. Robert is now like a very well, high level security guy. Well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, both were in the NWA, yes. both were Resistance Pro. Okay, yes. Uh, though Justin then transitioned to manager at Resistance, and now Justin's all over the world, and Robert's the head of security for AEW. Yep. So, you know, I couldn't decide referee of the year. Do I flip a coin? Is it Justin? Is it Robert? Well, they're identical twins, so we'll just give it to both of them. Yeah, why not? Exactly. 
Yeah, and they're they're great. I've met them a couple of times. I've seen Rob rest, uh, Ref Warrior Wrestling over the last couple of years. You mentioned NWA, yeah, and then I believe Impact a little bit as well for yep. Rob yep. years ago. And they're from the Rantoul area, so they're Illinois guys, which is really cool for me as an Illinois guy to see Illinois guys succeed. Yeah, I, I want to say I think Robert's in Indiana right now, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but you know, all good. I mean, again. Couldn't decide who should be the referee of the year amongst the two of them. So we just gave it to both of them. Awesome. And then we have our promoters of the year. Um, yeah, I need a little help with this one name, Ed Hellier or Hellier. And then yeah, Hellier, Hellier depends on, on uh, whether or not he's speaking to the Canadians or speaking to the Minnesotans. <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, and Mark no, Ed and, and Mark Pobal run steel domain wrestling. Mm-hmm. And anybody that knows independent wrestling in this region knows it's steel domain is one of the top promotions in the country and they're very well deserving of, of uh, promoter of the year. I mean, steel domain historically was a steel and Danny dominion mm-hmm. and they trained and they gave exposure to such greats as CM punk, Adam Pierce amongst others. I mean, the list is too long to go over. Yep. So uh, again, in wanting to, divert our focus to the entire region we decided to to uh, give steel domain their due and give them the promoter of the year award and it's not like we're giving it to them they, they deserve it but again we want to make sure that minnesota is represented and it's represented very well by our our last award we'll hold we'll, we'll hold the other minnesotan off to the end yes because that's a lot to talk about but i'm excited about about that award so yeah promoter of the year the boys from Steel Domain, as I call them, Ed and Mark, they deserve everything that they're getting. And so God bless. And we're look forward to seeing them on the 17th. And that means, according to my list, by the process of elimination, the only other award other than that Lifetime Achievement Award that you referred to just a moment ago, the Special Recognition Award, the Soul Touches. And this is a group of guys who have been huge in the Midwest over the past 15, 20 years or so. Talk a little bit about what the Soul Touches is. This is an award that we're not going to give out every year. Okay, this is it is what it is. It's a special recognition award. The Soul Touches, if you go all the way back to their days in Chikara, as well as God knows every promotion in the Midwest that they've worked as a group, as individuals, as tag teams, and they've never been given an award. They've never been recognized as a group for what they do. And it's, that to me, that's a crime. And uh, my wife, Amy, uh, is allowed to help us pick one award a year. And this is the award that, that she said needs to be on the card, needs to be on the program. And so we, we gave the special, recogni- special recognition award to Willie DeBaum Richardson, Marche Rocket, Acid Jazz, Trauma, and C-Red. Now, C-Red... And I told him this and he, he kind of laughed. I said, Red, we don't give out double awards, but because it's the soul touches, you are the first only and last double award winner for the reunion. And so he's like, oh, I appreciate that. I said, no, it's okay. It's all good, dude. So we're, you know, we're happy to give them the special recognition award because again, like you said, 15 years of busting their asses on the Midwest scene and they never got recognized as a group. And to me, that wasn't right. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And a guy like Marche, who's been everywhere, not only in the Midwest, but around the world, NWA and Impact, and just 
uh, every promotion you can think of in the Chicago area and like even in the Great Lakes area, that guy has worked for that show. And sometimes he does double shots on the same night for two different promotions in that. I've area. seen Marche do a triple shot and not miss, not miss a match. I saw him do a triple shot one time. I thought he was out of his mind, but he had it planned out perfectly and traffic co- uh, cooperated with him. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, Willie Richardson's been around forever, mm-hmm. worked everywhere. Um, trauma is doing Jay Washington is just doing tremendous things now out in Hollywood, you know, w- with acting and with uh, comedy and whatnot. And let's not give anything. Let's not take anything away from acid jazz. Yeah. Acid jazz is the glue to help keep the group together. I mean, jazz is the workhorse between working the soul touches and working with Bryce Benjamin with the N words acid jazz is the glue to kept it all together. And then, of course, how could you how could you not recognize their hype man, their leader, C Red? I mean, he just he fits so perfectly with them. It was a it was a match made in wrestling heaven. And I'm so glad these guys are getting their just due at the Midwest Wrestling Reunion, and very excited to meet a lot of some of these guys in person for the first time. Marche, I've known for a while. Acid Jazz, I've seen at a lot of shows, but there's some folks I haven't met as much or I haven't seen as much. So this was what's cool about this reunion is being able to kind of see the friends that you've made over the years and make some new ones as well. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, one of the one of the highlights uh, of last year's reunion was a very surprise uh, appearance by the Sinister Minister, who people that know Windy City Wrestling will know that the Sinister Minister and Buddy Roberts, senior Buddy Jack Roberts, were the Chicago Freebirds. And uh, he he came to the reunion last year and had a great time. And it was good listening to stories about him and Buddy and, uh, you know, going back to when they worked for Sammy DeCero. And, you know, it, it, like you said, it, it's it's interesting to see who shows up and, and who has a good time and whatnot. I mean, what, three years ago we gave um, – a lifetime achievement to Kevin Clark, the zebra kid before he passed on. Yeah. And Sonny Rogers was the one that gave his induction speech. And then we pulled a rib on Kevin, which was hilarious. We, we actually charged him for the buffet. So we took his $25 for the buffet and we put it in an envelope. And then when we got done, when he got done with his acceptance speech, Sonny gave him the envelope and said, here's your payday kid and gave him back his money. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's just the fun stuff that we do. I mean, the one overarching theme, and I'm going to say this again for everybody, leave your ego, leave your problems, leave your drama and your nonsense at the door. The reunion is a chance for us to all get together and have a great time. So if you got a problem with somebody, it's a good opportunity to bury it. If you're, if you're going to say, oh, I can't come because so-and-so is there, great, don't come. We'd rather you not come if you're going to cause, if it's going to be a problem for anybody. We want everybody to come, have themselves a great time, enjoy each other's company, enjoy honoring our award winners, and we're going to get the last one right now. But again, fans as well, you're welcome to come. It's not a fan fest. Don't come looking to buy autographs. That's not what this is about. This is a reunion, and because the fans are important to what we do in professional wrestling, you're more than welcome to attend. But just understand that it's a reunion of friends, brothers, and sisters. Okay, and then let's get to that Lifetime Achievement Award. This man is so well-known for helping train a lot of great professional wrestlers who really made it very big in our business. 
Eddie Sharkey. And I'll let you do the honors and talk a little bit about Eddie. Eddie Sharkey has got to be one of the most prolific trainers and discoverers of talent in our business ever. Let's take a look at who he's had a hand in training. The Road Warriors. Found them as bouncers at Grandma B's in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. where he was, a, he was a bartender. Turned those two guys into the greatest tag team of all time. Anybody that says the Road Warriors weren't the most dominant tag team of all time, whatever. We can have a debate about it later. The truth of the matter is, back in the 80s, there was nobody more dominant than the Road Warriors, period. Yep. Rick Brood. I mean, you look at the you, you look at that, man. You want to talk about guys that are total packages? Rick Brood had it all. He was sculptured. He didn't have that big bodybuilder build, but you knew he was ripped up. He could go for 30 minutes, 45, 60 minutes, cut a promo that was second to none. And to all these young workers, oh, I don't need a manager. I know to cut a promo. Oh, yeah? Well, ask Rick Brood if he didn't have, if it wasn't better for him to be with Bobby Heenan than it would have been for him not to be with Bobby Heenan. And I'll tell you, let's see what he would have told you while he was alive. God rest his soul. Medusa Michelli. Uh, in fact, um, we reached out to her when we announced that Eddie was getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. She can't make it, but she sent us a nice message uh, praising the reunion and praising the fact of what Eddie's done for her. I mean, Medusa is probably if not the greatest female wrestler of all time, she's definitely in the top three, along with Sherry Martell, along with Mula. You would have to think Ann Casey comes to mind. You would have to think that that she's in the top top three to top five. And again, she credits Eddie Sharkey for getting her started and everything that she's done in the business. And so uh, we again we we wanted to, you know, to move we gave lifetime achievement awards in the past to Frankie DeFalco from Bruce City Wrestling. Uh, we gave it to Kevin Clark. We gave it to Nacho Barrera. Um, we've given Lifetime Achievement Awards to a lot of people from a lot of different parts of our region, but not from Minnesota. And so Eddie's uh, got the Lifetime Achievement from what he's done nationwide and worldwide. And also we want to recognize Minnesota wrestling because, you know, as you know, our region was AWA territory for a lot of years, oh. and which was run by the Minneapolis Boxing and Wrestling Club. And so, you know, Minnesota was a big part of, of what we do and of what, uh, of what Midwest wrestling is about. So yeah, we're very excited to have Eddie join us. Eddie doesn't travel much anymore these days, but he said he's coming down with Ed. So we look forward to having Eddie with us and, and listening to him as he receives his award. Yeah. Eddie Sharkey, great historic figure in our business. And in fact, I had the chance to talk to Road Warrior Animal a few years ago before he passed. We had a little interview for Windy City Slam and Eddie was right up there. He even mentioned all the Grandma B stories and stuff like that. So, you know, that that was really, really awesome to kind of talk to Animal a little bit about Eddie's influence on him, which is really cool. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, again, just to to recap or it's not all about the awards. I mean, the, the awards are going to be about a half hour to 40 minutes of what we do. We're very happy to have everybody come and join us and, and whatnot. And so, you know, at, at the risk of sounding long winded and droning on, all I can say is join us on the 17th. You're going to have a great time. And one question for you too. And you know, barbecue food's great. And I love barbecue food, but 
Wow. Barbecue Productions and not Italian. I mean, I, I guess you got outvoted on this one. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm, I love Barbecue Productions. They've got their burgers are awesome. Their steaks are awesome. Their barbecue is second to none. Chris Schoenberger was in the business for years at Powell Entertainment. That's how I got to meet Chris. Ah, okay. Chris was winding down his career as I was starting. And that's how I got to meet Chris. And um, then he started catering uh, a couple of the big events, like the Russell Rage events. And his food was just second to none. And, and now, God, he's got, what, three, four locations? And his business has taken off. And, and God bless Chris. And again, you know, we as a reunion would always want to help give back to those that are part of us. And so it was an easy choice to go and to patronize Chris's restaurant. Awesome. I love the fact that there's a connection there. That's really, really cool. All right. Before we let you go, Chaz, uh, let's jump into your social media and merchandise, whether it's for the reunion or if you have any personal merchandise and then any upcoming events you might be planning on working as well. Well, you know, the reunion's taking up a lot of my time for June and July. So I'm at the point of my career where I'm on a, a little bit more limited schedule. I mean, I'll take a booking if it makes sense to me, if it makes sense to the promoter, but I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm at the point where I don't need to work every weekend all month. I've done that for 12 years. And so I'm kind of taking not a step back, but a slow down a little bit more. I had COVID last year. I had COVID in, uh, in May of God, May of, uh, 2020. Yeah. May of 2020. I had COVID for 45 days. I made peace with the creator three times. I thought I was going to die, but you know, pulled through it. And, um, I guess that doesn't, I guess the old saying is true. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And so I had a lot, I had, I had physical problems after that. My balance was way off. I couldn't walk like I used to, I couldn't run like I used to. So getting in the ring was kind of out, you know? And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that guy that just stands in a corner and hangs around, you know, I'm, I'm, that's not me. So I took a little bit more limited schedule and went back and met with my doctors and got my health under control and got back in the gym and started working out again with Steve Boz and Doug Simmons and, you know, getting my physical stature back to what it used to be. And then right now I'm at about 90% of what I used to be back in, well, back in my prime, so to speak. I mean, I got started in wrestling at 43 years old. So my prime was around 50, 51. <laughs> you know, I'll be 55 this September. Thank God I don't look like it, but some days I feel like it, that's for sure. So, I mean, in, in terms of that, I've taken a little bit more limited schedule. So the reunion's taken up a lot of my time and it's a labor of love. I mean, we've decided this year to put our new logo on t-shirts and the sales right now, the pre-sales have taken off. I am out of double XLs and triple XLs. And I'm probably going to order more. I've got plenty of larges, plenty of extra larges. And I've got a few smalls left. I got strangely enough, the smalls went too. I got five small shirts left and I've got about 10 mediums left. And so we're looking forward to selling those in conjunction with the reunion and all the funds go to the reunion. Again, nobody makes money on the reunion. Everything we have goes into buying the awards, goes into planning for next year. So there's nothing that anybody can say, oh, they're out there trying to make a profit. No, we're not. If we break even, we walk around with a stupid grin on our faces. <laughs> if we lose a little bit of money, we're okay with it. But, you know, that's the whole point. And, and the shirts are, are gorgeous. 
I mean, let me pull one up here since I've got them sitting next to me. These shirts are phenomenal. I mean, you see our logo on them. They're four color and small through XL are 12 bucks a piece. And the double X's and the triple X's were 15. I mean, nowadays you're seeing shirts for 20. Four color shirts at the E, we're going for 30 bucks a shirt. Yep. And ours are at 12. We're, we're basically selling them for just a hair over cost. Because again, it's just the, it's just to benefit the reunion and nothing else. And so uh, thank you to everybody that's already bought one. To those that want one, they'll be at the reunion. They'll be at BCW on the 16th. If you can't make it to either one, message me on Facebook and then we'll work out the we'll work out the uh, the PayPal and the shipping and the whatnot. And as far as my personal appearances, other than the reunion, August. August 18th, 19th, and 20th, I'm going back to Memphis. Pro Wrestling Mid-South is going to see the Chasmanian Devil one more time. I don't know how happy Greg Anthony is going to be to see me because we gave him some problems the last time, Joey Chichi and I. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling him who I'm managing. I got that hidden. That's, uh, that's the ace in my sleeve. But uh, just rest assured, fans in the Memphis area, Dyersburg, Ripley, Chaz Moretti's coming back, and yeah, you may like it, you may not like it, but there's nothing you can do about it because I'm already booked. All right, Chaz, my paisan, thank you so much, and uh, oh, I will thank s- you. And I will see you on the 17th up in Lake Zurich. Awesome, appreciate it. Look forward to it. All Take right. care. All right, great conversation with Chaz Moretti, the Chazmadian Devil. He and his buddies from the Midwest Wrestling Reunion. It's going to be a very exciting event coming to Barbecue Productions up in Lake Zurich Sunday afternoon, July the 17th. Very much looking forward to seeing all the great honorees, plus all the other great talent coming to that event to just have some fun, have a great meal, and share some good times in the business. All right, next week, we dive into more local wrestling, and here is a huge announcement. We welcome our special guest, and it's a big one. He's become one of the best wrestlers in the Chicagoland area over the past couple of years. He's the Freelance World Champion and Freelance Underground Independent Champion, Storm Grayson. That's right, Storm Grayson joins us next week, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Peace.